What is an important area in your life? Your health? You don't realize how important it is until it turns upside down on you. Your health is. Your job, most of us it is for our young people, for school, for sports, uh, relationships, absolutely. Let me ask you this today. What about your money? What about your finances? Is your, is your money important to you only if you... Two people money's not important to. People who are uber rich are people who are uber dumb. And since I don't think either one is represented in this crowd this morning, we're going to talk this morning about a fresh start with our finances. We've been talking about fresh start. We've been talking about a fresh start with uh, having a relationship with Christ, about letting go of the past, about things we can control. And this morning, we're going to talk about a fresh start with our finances. If you have your Bibles, turn to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. And young people, I want to tell you, the quicker in life you get this, the better. In fact, if you learn some of these principles now, you will retire early and be rich and be taking care of your parents. Doesn't that sound exciting? So it's everything we talk about certainly applies fully to you. But let, let's begin with this. How are things going with you financially? How, how are things with your checkbook today? Our, our Jewish friends in Malachi 3, things were not going well. In verse 11, God says to them, now the, these things were pr- currently going on. He says, if you will do what's right, I will prevent the pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your field will not cast their fruit, says the Lord God Almighty. This is an agricultural society, and when the pests devour the crop, and when the fruit are miscarried, they're, they're coming out too soon, and they're not getting any value out of them, that's bad. Their whole economy is messed up. And they were, they were upside down with God, and they were really struggling with their finances. I wonder this morning, what about you? Well, the, the truth is, Americans as a whole, we are. Now, listen to some of these statistics. They're interesting. In, in America today, the average person who makes $1 spends $1.26. I don't know if we have any PhDs in economics. I think we have some mathematical PhDs in here. But young people in front of me, if you finish fifth grade, if you make $1 and you spend $1.26, is that going to be a problem? Mom and daddy are probably doing this. So it, it is a problem. It means you won't have any inheritance someday. So think about that. It is important to you. The average American household... It's $43,000. Now, in this room this morning, there's people who make a lot more than that. There's people that make less than that. That's the average American household, $43,000. The average American debt is $117,000. Now, that does include the house payment. But you're making forty-three, dollars and you've got $117,000 in debt. The average household in America is carrying $16,000 in credit card debts. And what's the credit card interest? About 95% monthly on what you owe. So you begin to see how it's real easy in America 
a place where money does flow freely, it's very easy for people to be in trouble financially. I wonder this morning, how are you doing financially? How are things going with you? Forty percent of Americans have basically nothing in savings for retirement. So when they retire, what are they going to do? Go count on Social Security? That may or may not be a good bet. In other words, we have not, we have not used our heads and our money properly. And if things are not going well for you financially, they're probably going to be upside down everything else. You're in college. You need to hear this. You're a young person. You need to hear this because the quicker you get a hold to this, the less trouble you will have later on. So let me ask you a second question. This is personal and this is ugly, but I'm going to ask you anyway. It's in the Bible. Are you robbing God? If you are, please lift your hand. I'm just teasing. That'd be funny though, wouldn't it? New Hampshire... This uh, few weeks ago, the state of New Hampshire, there was a, a pastor and his wife arrested. They'd gone in several years ago. They'd started this church, started in their home. They grew the church. The church eventually grew to where uh, it was meeting in a building. It was substantial. It was sustaining itself. And the pastor and his wife were caught stealing $40,000 from the church. I don't know about you. Well, I bet I do know about most of you, if one of your ministers was stealing money from the church, that'd be horrible, wouldn't it? That'd be bad. Stockton, California, a few years ago, after a Tuesday evening service, the people left the sanctuary. When they went out, there were gunmen with masks waiting at each door. Now, you thought we didn't greet you very friendly. Think about that. And, and they stole the offering. They stole earrings. They stole watches. And they stole people's cash. You know, when you talk about somebody, a preacher stealing from the church, that's bad. You're talking about a criminal coming in and stealing the offering, that's bad. Let's look what God says in this verse, because this is more personal to you and me. Every time, ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees. And if not kept them, return to me, and I will return to you. This God's saying this to many of us this morning, return to me, and we say the same thing they did. But how are we to return to you, God? How am I not where I should be with you? In verse 8, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. You ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings. Verse 9, you are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Wow. That word rob is a verb, and it literally means to take forcefully something that is not yours. We're going to talk about tithe and offerings in just a moment. Here's what God says. God says that when we don't give as we should, that's the, it's going to be the fundamental way to our life being blessed financially as it should be. If you're a Christian, I want to pause and say this. If you're here this morning, you're not a Christian. We are absolutely not after your money. We are radically after you. We want to help you come to Christ. We want to reach you. We are not after your money. The last tithing sermon, money sermon I preached was in March of 2014. Breathe hard today, and you won't have to mess with this again for about another year. Amen? Okay, so stay with me. But think about this. God says, if you're a Christian and you don't give as you should, not passively, but aggressively, you are robbing God. You are robbing God. How many of you agree that's pretty strong? That's pretty strong. That's real strong. So I, I just want to ask you again, because this is just much of the Bible as John three sixteen. How are your finances, and could the fundamental reason be that you're not handling like it sh- you should, And God says, that's essentially, that's robbing me. That's robbing me. 
So here's the third thing I want us to answer. How do we do money God's way? If, if everything belongs to God, which it does, and you're a Christian, and you want your money, you want your money to be blessed, you want God's blessing on it, you want to get the biggest bang for your buck, you need to do your money God's way. Listen, some of you say this today. If I just had more money, everything would be great. That's just not true. One-third of the people, one-third of the people who win the lottery declare bankruptcy later on. More money in the hands of someone who doesn't have sense is not going to solve your problems. Yes, you've got to save. You've got to use it wisely. You ought to earn it honestly. But God also gives some principles that as a believer, if you're a believer, how you and I should do money God's way. And here's the first thing. It begins with tithing to your church. It begins with tithing to your church. In verse 10, it says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you will not have enough room for it. I want to explain to you the tithe. The tithe is often misunderstood and it's, uh, it's, it's hard for people to grasp. Okay. A tithe is 10%. That's what a tithe is. Literally, the Hebrew word tithe means 10. I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm kind of scarred a little bit. But you've got to have humor when you talk about certain things. That's, that's, a, that's, that's important. The, the, the tithe is 10%. And like they said, for, it, it, for us, it would be off money. Uh, $100, it's 10 off 1,000. It would be 100. For the Jewish people, it was off cows. It was off agriculture. Where did the tithe go? See, that's a, the that's a thing that some people debate and they talk about. They talk about uh, where does the tithe go to? And you'll hear people say, well, it doesn't matter where I send my tithe. Uh, do y'all, y'all know who Creflo Dollar is? Does that sound familiar? Creflo is a TV preacher. And uh, what, that's, a, that's a weird name for a preacher, Dollar, isn't it? Creflo, uh, I, I'd never listened to him, so I don't know anything about him at all. But I know about a month ago, he asked for his followers to give $65 million for a private jet. Do y'all remember that? Okay, if you want to do that, that's fine. But that's not your tithe, by the way. Billy Graham, who was uh, one of the greatest preachers of all time, Billy Graham made his, his living off people giving offerings and blessing him. Billy Graham would always say, send to my ministry after you tithe your church. The storehouse was a place in the temple where people brought their tithes. That's where it was kept. And Jesus said, when, when the people bring their tithes, that's how the, the church or the temple was blessed. The church today is the body of Christ. So how do I give properly? How do I give financially properly? You, you're saying, well, Chris, this is self-serving. You're the pastor. I don't get a percentage of the offering. We don't divvy it up after church and go, wow, this is a good one. I'm really, Cindy and I are going to go eat steak tonight. That's not how it works. We have a budget. We have a budget. We get audited every year by a group out of Monroe for about seven or eight years we have. And it, we get perfect scores. We get great scores because we want to be responsible with your money because this is the house of God. That is God's money. And what we do, too, if you're not familiar, you go, well, I want to give to mission causes. Listen, 17 and a half, almost 18% of every dollar you give goes to a cause outside of this church. It's going to BCM, FCA. It's going to missionaries all over the world. It's going to hospitals all over the world. It's helping people. Plus, your ministers are missionaries. Josh is a missionary to the youth. 
just as a missionary to college students. Clayton, I'm not sure what he is, but he's a missionary to something. <laughs> and, and Wayne and I, and, you know, and Brandon and I, we do something around here. But I, don't think about you, you got Your church is the center of mission work. And, and reaching the people for Jesus Christ and for ministering to him. Now, here's the sad thing. If what I just read you is true, and it is, there's a problem because in America, 2.5% of professing Christians tithe. You're not a Christian. You, you're not supposed to tithe. Give your life to Christ. But if you're a Christian, God should have your billfold just like he should have everything else, right? He, he, he should. And so... 2.5% tithe. I asked my, my assistant, who's also our financial secretary this week, I said, uh, give me a list of everybody's giving so I can go through it. I'm teasing. I didn't do that. And she wouldn't do it anyway, and she shouldn't do that. But I asked her, I said, what percentage of, uh, does, of our church do they tithe? She said 20%. And I thought two things. I thought, wow, we are so much better than the rest of the America. And they're at 25 and we are at 20%. But then I thought... Wow, we are 80% off the mark. We had a $2.2 million budget. Last year we gave $385,000 to mission causes all over the world. What if 40% of our people tithe? Think about that. Let me ask you another question. What would we do if 80% of our people were known to be business cheats, are known to be adulterers, are known to be thieves, you guys would be calling me all week telling me what to preach on, wouldn't you? But for some reason, we kind of sit back and we say, well, it's money. People are funny about money. And some people will say, well, tithing, that's the Old Testament. Listen, that's, that's a bad argument, and it's not a true argument. Tithing did start in the Old Testament. So did Psalms 23, by the way. Some people say it's Old Testament law, and that doesn't apply to us. Don't commit adultery is Old Testament law. That applies to us. The tithe started before there was ever a law. If you're taking notes, Genesis 14. Abraham gives a 10% of what he has to Melchizedek, the high priest. And, and then Jacob in Genesis chapter 28 gives 10% to God. This is a long time before the law. In Matthew 23, 23, Jesus was asked about the, these people who were tithing, and they were, they were really creepy religious people. And here's what Jesus said. You do good by tithing, but by the way, quit be, I'm paraphrasing, quit being such jerks. <laughs> so Jesus didn't do away with the tithe, and he, he came to tell us that's the way that we should give. You should tithe to your church. That's the first part, and tithe is letting it go. It's an unconditional giving of it. Now, here's another part. God says you should give above the tithe as you can. As you can, I think, is a, is a key principle there. In verse 8, in verse 8, he says, You're robbing me in your tithes and in your offerings. Now, the Old Testament Jewish person had not only that 10% they should give, but they should give these offerings. An offering means a gift. It's what you give above and beyond your tithe. Now, some of you, you're saying, you know, there's no way I can give above and beyond your tithe. That's awesome. Give your tithe. Give your tithe. That's what God expects from us. Some of you, that 10% ought to be, I mean, you ought to be way past that. And, and, and that, that is an offering. We're getting ready to build a new children's building. Don't take your tithe and dedicate it to that. Or we'll have a beautiful building. We just won't have anybody in it that can work there because <laughs> we'll have to let them all go. The offering is what I can do above. 
job. It's given to Louisiana Tech. It's given to Grambling. It's given to your kids' schools. It's given to the children's building. It's given to the Wadi Moon Christmas offering. It's taking people to lunch and buying their lunch and blessing them. That's what an offering is. But again, some of you are saying, I can't do that. That's cool. Start with a tithe. And you say, well, I can't tithe. One, you can do anything God tells you to do. But secondly, let's say, that, let's say right now you look at your budget and you go, there's no way I can do this. Start at 5%. Start at 5 Every three months, bump it up a percentage until you get to 10 You can do it. You can always do everything that God asks you to do. Say that with me. I can do anything God asks me to do. You can because God will enable you to do it. And here's the last thing. This is the great thing. God will bless you if you will. God will bless you if you give as you should. You give that tithe, that undesignated 10%. Now, here's, again, people, this is funny too, people do with their money. They get mad at the preacher. They get mad at Josh. They get mad at Wayne. And so they go, well, I'm not going to give my tithe to the church. I'll give it somewhere else. Uh, Or they'll say stuff like this, well, I don't really trust my church. What are you going there for? That's like saying, well, I'm going to have this person tutoring my kid every day, but I really don't trust that person. You're an idiot. True? I I mean, I'm not going to let my kid, well, my kids are adults. They can be tutored by whoever, I guess, but I'm going to let my little kid. And I don't want anybody to leave this church, but wherever you go to church, if you say, well, I'm not going to tie there, I don't trust them, why are you going to church there? I mean, that's crazy. But when you make a decision, and see, part of tithing is letting go of control. It's not saying, I'm going to give a little here, here. I'm going to have control over it. You're letting it go to God. God says he will bless you. This is not health and wealth. This is biblical truth. In verse 10 through 12, great verses. God says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Bring that tenth into the temple, to the church, that there may be food in my house. Test me, says the Lord God Almighty, and see if I won't throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you will not have enough room for it. I will prevent the pest from devouring your crops, and the vines in your field will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord. I want to touch on two things before I go back to you. One thing he says here, when you give as you should, when people give as they should, man, the work of God can expand. It can expand. Think of how much we could do if we had 40% of our people tithing, how much we could do for the kingdom of God. It, It just grows. Listen, I read this week that if Christians, and it wasn't talking about churches, it was talking about Christians. The most time we say that, that poverty, world hunger, that's the church's fault. Ultimately, it's Christians' fault. That if Christians just tithe, Christians in America just tithe, there would be 87 billion, 87 billion more dollars for causes around the world. We could, we could basically eradicate world poverty, uh, bad drinking water, and... and make vaccinations for for simple diseases to be cured if Christians just tithe. He says in verse 12, when people give as they do, the name of Jesus is glorified. So you're, you're glorifying Jesus, but I want to go back to you. Verse 10 is one of the most awesome verses. Bring the tithe in. There may be food in my house. Listen, God says, test me in this. Folks, leave that up there for a second, Brian. 
Nowhere else in the Bible does it say, test me. In fact, it says just the opposite. God says, don't you test me. But here God says, test me. God's saying to you and me this morning, some of you don't believe this. God's saying, test me, test me. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and you will have so much. A blessing, and blessing means that you will be touched by God, that, that you will have an abundance, you won't have enough room for it. Listen, that's not health and wealth. I'm not going to tell you you're going to get a Cadillac and a Mercedes and a Rolls Royce. What I'm telling you, when you save your money, you earn it properly, you're wise in how you spend it, and you tithe, you begin there, I guarantee you God blesses you. He does. I, after the first service, I had a lady come out. She said that they'll be married 64 years this fall. She said, every year of our life, we tithe, we raise four kids. God's always met our needs. Isn't that what we want? I heard a, a country guy say years ago, he said, I don't know how it works. He said, I shovel it in, and God shovels it back. He's just got a lot bigger shovel than I have. Isn't that cool? That's the absolute truth. Folks, you cannot outgive God. Do you believe that? Do you believe if you earn your money properly and you save it and you're wise with it and you tithe and you give as you should, do you think God's going to let you fall apart? You cannot outgive God. Do you believe me on that? You can't outgive Him. Cindy and I got married. Neither one of us had much money. We both had a lot of debt from, from dumb decisions in our past. And so we got married, and when, when two people get married, one's got debt and the other's got debt, you got a lot of debt, right? And... Uh, so we sold our youngest daughter, Alicia, to slavery for five years. And it was incredible. We paid it. I'm, I'm kidding. We, we, we sat down. We got a plan out. How are we going to get out of debt? But, but here's what we said from the get-go. Man, we're going to always tithe. We're going to tithe. We can't outgive God. God's going to bless us. We're going to bless the kingdom of God. And you know what? We got out of debt within four or five years, and I guarantee you, God blesses you. You're saying, you're saying this because you're a preacher. If we left tomorrow and I go teach at a Bible college, we're going to join a church. We're going to be at that church every Sunday I'm not preaching, and we're going to be tithing to that church because it's right, and it is of God. God will bless you. Some of you need a huge fresh start in your money, and God will bless you if you get on a pattern of giving consistently, week in, week out, month in and month out, however you get paid, as you should. You got a little card that was in your bulletin today. You are not going to turn this in. It's strictly for you. In fact, you may just want to take it home. I mean, you can fill it out now. Or you can take it home. It, it, the first question on here is, why am I doing this? This is for you who are tithers. Why do you tithe? you ever thought through it? Parents, I want to tell you, if you want to raise kids that will tithe, get them tithing when they're little. That's how I, I, I was tithing before I was a Christian because you're supposed to do that. Get a dollar, you give 10, 10 cents on Sunday. If you're a tither, why do you do it? Obedience, you trust God, you, you want God's hand on you, great answers. Number two, why am I not doing this? If you're not a tither, again, this is just for you. What are your reasons today? Well, you may have come in here this morning and you really didn't know this. That excuse is gone now. <laughs> Maybe the truth is, is you just don't trust God. I mean, this is a trust issue for many people. I just don't trust that God can take care of us if we do this. Sometimes it's just a, dis a, a disobedience issue. For some reason, we think that we can be right with God but have one area we keep to ourselves. It doesn't work that way. And the last thing is, what, what will I do moving forward? 
That's always the point of every sermon. A sermon, a Bible study, is not to be primarily about information. It's about transformation. What will I do with what I've heard today? Someday, and I hope it's a long time for every one of you, someday all of us are going to stand before God. And if you die the same day Warren Buffett and Bill Gates, who are like richer than me, and they're in front of you and behind you on the judgment seat, did you know that you will take the exact amount of money before God as they will? Zero. When you stand before God, he's not going to say, hey, dude, let me see your, your checkbook. Or St. Peter's going to be up there and go, hey, man, we got this thing on the iPhone. Give me your card. Or let, let me see your, you know, or, 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 or let me see your stocks. Now, when we go before God, we're going to go, just like we came into this world, with, with, with nothing physically. But here's the one thing that is going to happen about your money and my money. God's going to ask us what we did with it. How we used it. How we invested it in his kingdom and his name. What will your choice be from this point moving forward? Let's pray. This morning, if you're a Christian, chew on these things that God's laid out to us. And if you're not a Christian or you're unsure, listen, this morning is a, it's a great day. Every day is a great day to give your life to Christ. God wants you. He wants your heart. He didn't come to die for your billfold. He came to die for you. Would you, give your, would you give yourself to Jesus now? Would you pray with me and just say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I want to repent of my sins. I believe you're God's son, Jesus, and that you died for me and arose for me. Come into my heart, Jesus. And save me this morning. Let me have your attention just for a moment. We're going to stand. And when we do, I want you to respond to what God said to you today. Maybe you just ask Christ into your heart. And you're ready to talk about that and to deal with it. When we stand, would you come? Would you leave your seat and come this morning and talk to one of our ministers down here? Maybe you'd like to join the church today. We would love for you to do that. One way you can do it, when we stand, just slip out and come. A minister will be down here. We'll help you with that. Christian, maybe today you look at what we've talked about and in your life, you're doing well. Amen. That's great. Keep it up. Keep doing what God would have you do. Maybe the truth is, is you're not doing what you should be. And you're blaming it on that I'm young or I'm in college or I'm single or or whatever. But you need to make a decision this morning to repent and get that right with God. Where you're standing or at the altar, let's stand.